So, Berto, have you heard about the shooting of Philando Castile? I think I have, but I, but there's been so many shootings and abuses and stuff that I don't know which one that is. Well, let's talk about that one because it's currently in the news because the police officer who shot uh, a black man is on trial right now. Mm-hmm. By the time this episode comes out, my guess is the trial will either be over or coming to an end. And I, I've actually been listening to a podcast called 74 Seconds. A podcast by NPR. It's amazing. Is it about this? It's about the shooting. Of, it's all about the Flando Castile. Because from the time the sirens, the lights were turned on in the cop car to the time that Flando Castile was shot, it was 74 seconds. Uh, each episode, they only have about nine episodes so far, and each episode is only 15 minutes long. I see. So it's it's an easy listen to. So, some episodes that are, there's a lot of crime episodes coming out lately, and some of them are just too long. Mm. It's just too long. But uh, but the 74 seconds, excellent, well-made. They actually interview uh, people, and they get like the actual footage, you know, and it's 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 great. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am a therapist, and I'm also a professor at Antioch University. My name is Humberto Castaneda. I save lots of weird things for a living. You save lots of weird things? Did I say save? I, say, I meant say. You say. I say. Well, like save. You lots save of- a lot of weird... <laughs> I save a lot of weird things for a living. <laughs> so, well, did you see the Facebook Live video that Diamond Reynolds took? Uh, so, yeah, so she's that, a, I remember that. Yes, she's in a car and she's Facebook living, mm-hmm. if that's a verb. And she is, and the, and the police officer had just shot her boyfriend who was dri- in the yes, driver's seat. I remember seat. this. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. By the way, is it Facebooking live or Facebook living or Facebooking living? I, you know, that's a good question because to me, it's senses of humor, not sense of humors. That's so true. it should be Facebooking live. Yeah. But live is their brand name. Right. So it would be Facebook, Facebook living. living. Yeah, maybe it is living. I feel like these organizations should think about the verbing, you know, like... You <laughs> Googling. Know, yeah, Googling. You yeah. know, that, that, that comes, that rolls off the tongue, you know, to Google. But Facebook living is weird. <laughs> yeah. So YouTubing, you know. Snapping. Snapping. Yeah. Yeah, so... I th- Grinding. Grinding. <laughs> <laughs> Tindering. Um Okay, so yeah, this is, there's a it's a fa- everyone out there listening. This is a, a a very it's you know one of the big videos that came out I think about a year ago last summer in 2016. Diamond Reynolds is the girlfriend's name, and mm-hmm. she turns on her Facebook Live right after her boyfriend was shot by a police officer in while you know they were they got pulled over for a traffic stop. And you just see this video, and I remember what were you? What was your react? Did you probably saw it last year? I did. Yes. What was your reaction to this video? It it's such a feeling of powerlessness because I I projected myself into the situation, and you're sitting there. You know the the, the instinct is because you know if you're watching this in a movie. You're sort of waiting for the hero to step in and like save the situation. And the anger is like, you imagine yourself being like, well, I'm not going to stand for this. But then the reality of like, but what are you going to do? Are you also going to get shot? Like what, what, what are your recourse options at this point? Yeah. It's horrible. Interesting. I remember seeing the blood on his shirt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blood on his chest. I remember 
watching the video and 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 going like, wait, is he? Because at first I thought, oh, he's shot, but he's okay, right? Because he's still moving around, and you know he he'll be fine, right? And then while I'm watching the video, like thirty seconds into it, you see him die, you know, it's it's and traumatic, you know, yeah. And you're just and I'm like, oh my god, did I just watch that guy die? Yeah. And then uh, another thing, uh, uh, perhaps the most uh, interesting or noteworthy thing about the video is Diamond Reynolds, this woman. She is so calm, yeah. As because the police officer is still outside pointing a gun at at them in the car. That's why she has to be calm. That's that's the thing that I found the most disconcerting. Because I'm sitting there watching, going like, you know that that the instinct is to be like, how could you do, like, and then attack the police officer? But but then she must have realized like I'm about to die. Yeah, like I could be about to die. Right, which is what she said later. She said she filmed it because she thought the police were going to kill her too. So she wanted evidence on Facebook Live, you know, which is genius, right? Because yeah. if she just recorded the it, video, yeah. then they could have got a hold of her phone or something. But right. she instant, you know, Facebook Live it instantly gets recorded on Facebook. And right. so, and, she, you know, apparently she was used to doing Facebook Live or something. And so she, she did that. Yeah, I, I, she said that she thought, that she was going to get shot right there. And, and her, her daughter is in the back seat, by the way. Her four-year-old daughter is in the back seat. Okay, so... Wait, it, wait, uh, by the way, I wonder if how, how effective it would be. Let's say you're about to be robbed or attacked or something. If you had... If you, like... You're being facebook live, Or would it be a problem because they're like, uh, it's Facebooking live. <laughs> would, would you get in an argument with the robber? At the, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, would it be effective, I wonder? Well, it's interesting to think about, actually, I hadn't thought about that. What if we all walked around with these cameras that were beeping right. and saying, like, I'm, you know, I'm always Facebook living. Right. That's my thing. That's what I do. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when I'm walking downtown or, right. or something. And so would that deter someone from, from committing a crime against you? I, yeah. I guess it would, right? It feels like some people would be too far on the, they're just, you know, mentally not right so they would not really care but they, they wouldn't put the dots together but but a lot of folks might be like well the main thing i'm trying not to do is get caught so right i'm not gonna just show my face right just and, to rob them. and if anyone's watching this they'll immediately call the cops and there's probably a gps right and bang you know you're caught right yeah. so it, i hadn't even thought about that i wonder if that'll happen because like yeah. they'll, they'll make three they make 360 Vi- uh, video cameras that's right. for pretty cheap they're like a couple hundred bucks yeah you could walk around with those like on the top of your head yep and no one could uh, could attack you from any angle without that being captured on camera except a sniper <laughs> <laughs> yeah um or batman <laughs> uh okay so let's talk about the police officer first his name is Geronimo yanez mm-hmm. so think geronimo but with a j pronounced Geronimo. Geronimo. Jeronimo Yanez. He's a Mexican-American guy, and he's 28, and he this is apparently the first officer-involved shooting that the department had experienced in about 30 years. So it's a small town near St. Louis or uh-huh. Minnesota or something, and the, apparently this, this neighborhood doesn't have a lot of experience with this sort of stuff. In the podcast, they provide some background on Jeronimo, Apparently, he was a model kid uh, as a teenager. 
they 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 couldn't apparently the internet has been scrubbed of all information but they found his MySpace for some oh, reason interesting and they speculated that maybe he doesn't have his login to his MySpace anymore and he can't <laughs> you know but they found I think they found out that he was like homecoming king or something um, oh as I do with all episodes by the way I'm gonna get some details wrong yeah one because I don't care to get every detail precisely right why. Because I'm not a lawyer and we're not in a fucking court of law. and it's not I'm, a deposition. And I'm on a podcast and I, I want to get to the psychology involved, which is a, a professional opinion on what the implications of this is. So I, I'm going to get some details wrong and I guarantee fucking to you, someone is going to comment on the comments below, you know, how, how irresponsible of you to get that detail wrong. He wasn't homecoming king. He was homecoming queen, you know, or whatever. And it was Friendster, not MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear to God that all they do is listen to podcasts just with a pad and paper, just waiting for some detail. I will talk for three hours about Game of Thrones, and I will, I will probably spit out literally a thousand details, literally a thousand details that I have nailed from the books, right? not from the TV show. Yeah. And I'll get one tiny fucking thing wrong and that'll be the only comment i'll I'll talk for three hours free content on the internet for you to consume for fucking free and your thanks and the thing is is the detail will be at hour two so they they presumably listen to the whole fucking thing and then their only comment is you know jorah mormont is spelled with an h dummy read a book So I don't want to fucking hear it that this is not the point of this podcast, you know? We also recently got yelled at for not doing enough psychology about one of the episodes we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. And, and, you know, it's legit, whatever. But but sometimes I just want to talk about something. Read a book. (laughs) Okay. So Hieronimo Yanez. Uh, apparently he, he was a good kid there, you know, he doesn't have a history of that indicates some kind of psychopathy or mm-hmm. troubled past or something, but you know, we don't have a lot of information. I'm sure in the future after the trial, we're going to get a lot more info, but, but at the very least there wasn't some series of things that like, Oh no, this guy was always trouble. Right. In fact, yeah. there were details that they show that they have in the podcast 74 seconds that show that he was actually like, you know, like a star kind of kid. You know, I can't remember the details, right. but, but anyway, um, on the podcast, uh, they also go into this one event that I want to talk about, which I consider to be some, the most important thing about this case, and no one is talking about it. Really? Okay. And they and the seventy four seconds podcast they they provide like raw footage, audio, and like they just they, you know they break yeah. it all down, but even they don't like they don't emphasize it enough. But are you finding this part important just because you're a cuck? <laughs> God damn. Um, so uh, he is a, he's um, out and about as a police officer. That's what they call it. Out and about. You know, Sergeant, I'm out and about. Getting donuts. Yeah. And he pulls someone over for some minor uh, you know, traffic infraction. And he's standing, you know how... Uh, you pull over and then the cop comes up by the driver's side mm-hmm. and there's traffic going by. Right. Right. And so this, this car almost, almost runs him over like on purpose. Jeez. Like gets really close to him 
and almost runs him over. And they have all this on the dash cam, I think. Wow. He and so he drops what he's doing with this one traffic stop, and he's just like, "You're, you're you can go." And he runs back to his car, and he proceeds to pursue this guy. Mm-hmm. And other cops get involved, and they chase him down. I can't remember exactly what happened in the details, but I think they eventually got him. But the piece that I want everyone to take notice of is they have the dash cam footage and the audio. So the dash cam footage is facing forward. You know, you've all seen those cop dash cam footage. But it also picks up audio from inside the car. So this is all audio. And after they detain the guy or something, the, the, the action is over. He returns to the car. And you hear him breathing like this. <sighs> yeah. This is, this is um, you know, Geronimo yeah, yeah. Yanis, the guy who, uh-huh. you know, shot uh, Philando Castile. He's sitting there for 13 minutes. What? They time it. And they play this on the podcast, 74 seconds. He's <sighs> not asthma, but yeah. like just breathing very heavily. Uh-huh. I mean, imagine breathing so heavily for 13 minutes, for 13 minutes that you can hear it clearly on the audio. You know, it's, it's not like in the distance and other police officers are coming to him and saying, are you okay? And that's not into the mic. It's not like he's getting up close to the No, mic. he's just sitting in, yeah. in his squad car just doing this yeah. kind of breathing. Oh, and they're asking him if he's okay. Yeah. And people are noticing. They're like, are you going to be okay? Do you need any, you know, and you can pick up on that, on that too in the audio. This, what do you think that is happening at this moment for him? A panic attack, maybe? Yeah, it's a panic attack. Probably a trauma reaction. Oh. Right? You know, life-threatening events are, are difficult, but they're, they usually don't produce a panic, or they don't produce a panic attack in everybody. Yeah. They typically produce panic attacks. Uh, a situation like this would produce a panic attack in someone who's prone to panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, has panic in other situations or has been traumatized previously. Right. Maybe through domestic violence growing up or some kind of life-threatening event when they were, you know, an adult or something, but some kind of major trauma. And it triggers this response in the brain and you don't have any control over it and your body just takes over. And no one's talking about this. Wow. Because because later I'll tell you the incident that led up to him actually shooting Flano Castile. And and what we see afterwards, and it's just like another example of, of what looks to me like another panic attack. That's insane that they're not talking about it. Right. No one's, no one's, yeah. it's the, the primary, uh, you know, rhetoric is Black Lives Matter, which yeah. is, which is great. You know, that's something that we need to talk about. Yeah. But I, I think another point here is we had a police officer who ha- had evidence of panic and uh, that he was at least suffering and needed help, right? But at the very most, could compromise his ability to to police. You know, um, just as an example, for myself, I I was traumatized by ha- going to the hospital one time. I, I some it wasn't a bad hospital visit, mm-hmm. but it it just had enough kind of scary elements to me for whatever reason that it 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 just. My brain, what my my prefrontal cortex was fine, yeah. But my limbic system was like, no, 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 mm. and I I had a freak out. How old were you? I was, you know, twenty. Okay, so you're already an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, prior to this moment, I you know would go to the hospital for various sure. things, and everything was fine. But this this one thing that happened when I was I don't know thirty or something, and I had 
uh, a traumatic reaction. My body did not like it. Wow. My brain was most of my my frontal cortex was like everything's fine. You know, you're mm-hmm. you know everything. You're in good hands. Nothing. You know, worst case scenario. Da da da. Don't yeah. worry about it. And, but my inside brain was like no, oh. and I fainted actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Which was bizarre because I'm like, why am I fainting? So later, when I was in the hospital, I this was like. I don't know, man, this would have been like nine or nine years later, maybe. I was actually, you know, Nicole, right? Yeah. She was getting a, a procedure done on her eye. She was getting like a, like a, she had a little growth on her eyelid. Ouch. Okay. And so, so it was kind of an involved procedure to like get this little. They were taking that out. Yeah. And so I went to the hospital for moral support mm-hmm. and just being in the hospital, just even though I wasn't a patient, <laughs> <laughs> it particularly hospital like pre and post surgery, which it 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 feels more ominous. Sure, pre yeah. and post surgery that I had a you know full on panic attack, and oh, wow. I, I I told Nicole I was like I can't I have to go to the bathroom, and I went to the bathroom that was sort of off from you know her yeah. room, and just like got down on the ground and you know sort of curled up into a fetal position and and tried to like calm myself. I can't, most of my brain knew like oh I'm having a panic attack. Right. You know, I'm a clinician. I know what's happening, but my body was not going to let me gain control over the situation. Oh, man. And and I couldn't think. Right. If so, you know people came in and I said do you need any water and I just, and I remember just being kind of in a fog, you know, just sort of like um no, maybe, you know, like right. your brain just doesn't work when you're having that kind of traumatic reaction. Wow. Now, if I was a police officer and I had a gun in my hand or something <laughs> like forget it. Yeah. I mean, I could I could not even function as a I couldn't even just sit in a chair. Or if you were a surgeon and, you know, any right. really delicate Right. Yeah. So I couldn't even function as someone who just needed to sit in a chair next to her right. as she prepared for surgery. You right, know? right, right, right. Whereas, you know, imagine... So, now, I'm not abnormal. Like, people have traumatic reactions and panic attacks. Right. It's a very common thing. Anxiety disorders are the most common disorders. Something like a third to a half of Americans will suffer from a, an actual diagnosable DSM anxiety disorder at some point in their life. You've suffered from anxiety. I have. Yeah. You've suffered from compulsion or obsessions and, and anxiety and That's right. panic and that sort of thing. And some mild PTSD, I think, too, as well. That's right. From growing up in, in Bogota. And so it, it's very common. And I've, I, when I heard this, Hieronimo Yanez breathing <sighs> and other cops are, that went through the, you know, a very similar situation at the same time were walking up to him and going like, are you going to yeah. be okay? Are you going to be okay? I thought, oh. So, so up until that point, I was like, this cop is a racist. You know, he sure. shot a black man because he's racist. You know, that's that that was my, that was what that I was the narrative. To. Yeah, it's like yeah. another black man and shot, which is, probably part of the reason right Mm -hmm. you know but we also have this massive other part of the reason which is this person's suffering from from panic or some kind of traumatic injury or some kind of traumatic thing which Um, makes his like you were saying makes his brain you, you can't quite control everything about your brain in fact i'm trying to relate when when i had my panic attack if I had had to be operating a weapon and dealing with, like, it would have been impossible. 
and you have at least some thought in your head that someone is going to pull a gun and shoot you. Yeah. You know, like you can imagine if you had 10 of those situations, you know, one of them, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. Right. Now I'm not saying it's, it's justified. Right. I'm not saying that Yanez should be let off the hook. No. And if anything, there should have been both him and the system to recognize those sooner. Right. Those those issues. Okay, so let's talk about Philando Castile, the the man who was murdered. 32 years old. He graduated from a high school in St. Paul, 2001. And after graduation, he got a job working at the high school as a cook. They call it, they have like these fancy names, you know, like <laughs> like uh, like nutritionist specialist or something. But, oh yeah, but, for for a high school cook. Well, but, you know, I think it's okay to just call them the cooks. They cook food. That's great, you know? I'm sure they make plans on menus and stuff, but... Like fries or sweet potato fries or... Yeah, all that stuff. Am I totally dismissing their work? Yeah, I think you are. I'm I'm trying not to respond to that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a, you know, super legit career working at a high school, you know? The only reason I'm reacting negatively to it is when I went to high school, which, granted, is lifetimes ago... It was garbage food all the time. My my mother um, uh, made food for me. When, like mm-hmm. like there there were times when I actually wanted to buy food at school because all the cool kids. <laughs> but you know, and I always had these huge bag lunches. You know those classic uh, yeah lunch, the lunch bags? brown bags. It was always so full that you could barely close the top. <laughs> She put like two sandwiches, a huge bag of like oh. Doritos, uh, an apple, and a cookie. And, oh, yummy! And and I, I would actually sell like in the fifth grade. I think I like I would I had two sandwiches and I would sell one sandwich to Chris White for a dollar. That's great because I I was like you know. Well, that's making me want those because you know yeah my mom would make. And I, I like when I was younger, I remember having them and opening and be like, oh, there's my PB and J and then it's soaked just right. And then I had like my little bar, like a granola bar. Did you say soaked? Yeah. Just- I like the jelly to soak just a little bit into the bread, you know? Oh. And then I had like the juice box and there were gummies, you know, like fruit gummies or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. While we're on this topic <laughs> in the third grade, they apparently came across some research and found that kids who are uh, who don't go without food at all in the morning don't learn as well. And so we they instituted this, this sorry kids that go without food go without food don't learn as well don't learn as well okay right and so you know because you arrive at school at say eight or something and then lunch is at noon or something yeah. right well in between the time they you had breakfast at seven and some kids I didn't see. have breakfast I think. And so at like at like ten, we would have uh, this official all school snack time, uh-huh. and you had to bring a snack from home. Like there was no the the you know the re- the the cafeteria wasn't open, and I'll you know I I don't remember a lot from my childhood, but I remember third grade little Smokies with little <laughs> slices of cheddar cheese that my mom would make. Oh, and uh, my mouth is watering. Just about. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So Philando Castile, he's he's working at a at a right out of high school as a cook, and then he was promoted to nutrition services supervisor at JJ Hill Montessori Magnet School in August 2014. So you know he worked his way up in right. the, in the system. People described him as a super nice guy. They also described his his girlfriend described him as very shy. 
So uh, there's actually Facebook Live videos of them together because she liked to Facebook Live. Uh-huh. And she'll like be saying stuff and then she'll turn the camera on him and he's just like, kind of like, huh? You know, he's not, he's shy, you know, right. he, he's not like a ham on the camera. So the living was mostly, sh- it was all her. Basically. Yeah, it was all her. He, uh, Philando Castile knew all the kids and he, he, it was reported he knew all their allergies. And so he uh-huh. would say, oh, Johnny, don't eat this. This has peanuts in it, you know? Yeah. And uh, another <laughs> important detail that they talk about in the podcast is he was stopped by the police 52 times for minor traffic infractions, like a, like a broken taillight or something. Really? So from the time he was, you know, 16 or something and got his license, 52 times. He's 32 years old. Well, that is a lot. I'm trying to think how many times I've been stopped from the time I was 16, and it's probably around 20? Yeah, I guess when I think about myself, too. But still... 52 times i mean yeah that's a lot for minor traffic i mean stuff like like if it's if it's speeding yeah then okay but a broken minor right a broken taillight like right it 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 seems the podcast doesn't say this but of course it seems to be pointing at profiling of black people yeah and it also points to how experienced he was at being pulled over and and how probably routine it was for him yeah and how he would have been totally calm right right? oh like oh i'm getting pulled over yeah it's the 53rd time i've been pulled over no big deal you know uh okay so let's get to the incident so philando and diamond uh boyfriend girlfriend are returning from shopping at a grocery store earlier that evening philando had gone for a haircut i think it was like his birthday or a or they were going to a birthday party or something and uh, he had eaten dinner with his sister, and they reported on the podcast he smoked a joint. <laughs> I think I think him and Diamond did not sure. And he picked up uh, his girlfriend Diamond and their and her four year old daughter. So is, is he in a place where smoking joints is illegal? Uh, Minnesota, I don't know. Okay, but you know whatever. And they get into the car, so it's it's boyfriend girlfriend daughter groceries in the car. Oh, sorry, one more question. What are the laws for uh, smoking joints in this state and driving? You are not supposed to drive while intoxicated. I don't know the specific uh, cutoff. Like, like because it's point oh eight for alcohol. I, I, well, you can't do that for pot, really. I, I think they say if you're impaired, if your mm. if your use of marijuana has impaired you, mm. then I how they test it? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, THC I, level. I'm not, and I'm not even sure if. They're ha- well, anyway, before I okay. put my foot in my mouth. Okay, so let's take a break. When we get back, we'll, we'll continue with this. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. Okay, we're back. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. Why should someone become a patron of the podcast, Berto? Because you become part of a community that, first of all, gets to dictate so much of what we do because you can offer up the suggestions for what you want us to talk about. Uh, we prioritize reading your emails and answering them. You get to have conversations with the with the other patrons. And also, you are helping this thing. If you care about this thing, if you enjoy our episodes, you help it keep going. And, um, and also, a lot of your proceeds go towards uh, important charities and... Uh, lastly, because you will feel great. You will be one of the few awesome people in this world. That's true. That's true. Okay. So again, Philando Diamond in the car with four-year-old daughter and groceries. In another area, earlier in the day, there's a robbery by two black men. Okay. So that's important. 
So in the same town or, you know, town over or something. And this, you know, this notice goes out to all the police officers. Watch out for these two black men. And they give a description. I think they even had pictures. Not sure. Hours later, okay, it's now 9 o'clock at night or something, 8.30. Yanez, Euronimo uh, Yanez, saw two black people in a car. It happened to be Philando and Diamond. <laughs> right. And again, the suspects are two males. Two males. Uh, so uh, Yanez can't really tell the, the passenger's gender and surmises that this might, these might be the... Right, uh, the bank robbers. Even though there's there's no data other than two black people in a car. Sure. Now, uh, were they, by the way, armed robbery? Was it armed robbery? Uh, I you know I don't know. I'm guessing, but I don't know. Like, did they have a reason to suspect danger? Does uh, does robbery mean armed? Or no, no maybe it doesn't. No. Anyway, um, so Yanez uh, and his partner, who's in another car, they pers- they like t- tail. Uh, they tail Philando and Diamond. Uh, Philando and Diamond don't know they're being tailed. And then eventually they pull them over. This begins the 74 seconds. Ah, okay. Yanez approaches the car from the driver's side while his partner gets out of his car and hangs back. Uh, um, this is all, the, all of these details are actually kind of hard to come by because I think one of the lawyers actually, because we don't have access to the dash cam video yet. Mm. And so... The only record is the dash cam video, and someone who watched it did a press release that's actually on the 74 Seconds podcast. And so all this, so there's a lot of speculation about what happened during this time. Right. Because we don't see the live video yet. Right. Yeah. That doesn't happen until after the shooting. Right. So all, the, all this is from somebody who actually saw it and actually mm-hmm. reported, and it matches up with Diamond's account that she gave the, that day and the next day. So... Uh, Yanez is approaching the car on the driver's side. Everything's fine. <clears throat> but, you know, Yanez is probably f- feeling a little tense here. He's like, if these guys are the robbers, like, this this could get ugly, you know? Right. But he's not, he did, you know, he's not touching his gun. He's just he's just walking up. Philando, make, because he's been pulled over 52 times, he made sure that both of his hands were in view, <laughs> which is something that everyone should always do. They exchange greetings. So Yanez gets to the driver's side. Philando and Yanez exchange greetings. Yanez tells them that they were pulled over because of a broken taillight, even though that's not true, because, you know, he was, he thought mm-hmm. that they were the robbers, but he says there's a broken taillight. Yanez asks for his, so at this point, Yanez should have been, oh, it's a man and a woman plus a four-year-old child in the back, probably not the bank robbers. And uh, can you hear audio from anything yet, or has that not been released either? Not released, but okay. reported by Got this it. person. Uh, Choi, I think his name was. Um so yeah, so he sees the kid. Yeah. So hopefully he sees the kid. Yeah. And and the woman and the woman and and it should probably be like oh, uh, <laughs> whoops. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah. But he asks for his ID and proof of insurance. Philando gives Yanis his insurance card, and and now Philando has to get his ID. And Philan- So again, this is all in the span of seventy four seconds. So we're yeah. talking like. 20 seconds into the interaction at this point. As Philando is reaching for his wallet, which is in his back pocket, Philando told Yanez, the police officer, that he had a gun in the car. He said, sir, I do have to tell you that I have a firearm on me. It was in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And Yanez, the police officer, says, okay, and places his hand on 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 his gun. 
on his gun. So, so Philando says, sir, I have to tell you, I have a, so again, uh, Philando has been through this 52 times. So yeah. he's just like, and he has a license to carry by mm-hmm. the way, because he doesn't feel safe in his neighborhood. And so he's like, so the NRA came to his defense, <laughs> right? That's a whole other thing, yeah. rhetoric that should be talked about. But the Philando's like, make sure both hands are visible. When the police officer arrives, you know, give him what he wants and inform him that he has a gun on him. And, and so he says, sir, I have to tell you, I have, I do have a firearm on me. Yanez calmly said, okay, and places his hand on the gun of his holster, uh, on, the, on his gun in the holster. Yanez then said, uh, okay, don't reach for it then. So the police officer's like, okay, don't reach for it then. Flando tried to tell Yanez that he wasn't reaching for the gun and that he was reaching for his ID. Again, Philando is totally calm. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not reaching for it. I just have to tell you I have a gun, but I'm reaching for my ID. Yanez says, don't pull it out. So at this point, you hear Yanez mm-hmm. saying, do not, you know, don't pull it out. Philando said, I'm not pulling it out. And then Diamond, sitting in the passenger seat, says, he's not pulling it out. He has a license to carry. So Diamond sort of detects at this point that Yanez is starting to freak out. And Diamond's like, he's not pulling out his gun. Don't worry about it. And then Yanez at this point screams, don't pull it out. And then Yanez pulled his gun with his right hand out, you know, with his right Uh hand pulls the gun out. And then in the dash cam video, you see him reach in with his left hand, presumably to stop him from pulling out this quote unquote gun. Yeah. You know, then Yanis fires his gun seven times in rapid succession. Oh my God. Boom, 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 boom. 74 seconds from turning on his lights to shooting Philando. Later in the trial, the other officer said that Philando was calm and not being threatening. So the other... Oh, the other officer who hung back. Yeah, who was there. Right. So the trial is going on right now. And, like, it just started, like, a week ago or something. And the other officer who was present, he... In the video, you see he never even goes for his gun. So even after Yanez is shooting Philando, the other officer doesn't even go for his gun presumably because he knows there's no danger. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but the other officer does kind of get behind the car in the video because he's like, what in the world? How old is the kid in the back? Four. Four years old? Yeah. Oh, so, my, can you imagine? So I just want to, I just, I, when, once we see this video, which I'm sure we will eventually, I just, I described it probably in 10 times the amount of time it actually took to yeah. actually occur. You know, Yanez walks up to the door, uh, says, give me your ID and, and insurance card. Uh, Philando says, here's my insurance card. And then he says, by the way, I do have to tell you I have a gun. And then Yanez says, great, don't pull it out. And then Philando says, I- I'm reaching for my ID. I'm not pulling out my gun. And then Yanez says, don't pull out the gun. And, and Philando's like, I'm not. I'm getting my ID. Diamond He's says, not I'm not pulling out the gun. out the gun. And then pull gun, reach into the car, bang, 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 bang. That's that's like probably how fast it went, right? Like it's like so ridiculous. But when you understand, so at this point, by the way, from what I've heard so far, um, that to me, even if the guy was racist, that to me does not sound like a racist reaction. No, that sounds like someone who freaked the fuck out, right? For apparently no reason. Well, race could have played. An implicit bias, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, 
uh, or profiling. Because imagine if it was a 65-year-old white woman sure. with like, you know, bifocals on and she's like, and by the way, sir, I have a gun. You know, would, would he have shot her? Right. Probably not is right. the thing. So Diamond immediately starts Facebook living at this point. And she's in the passenger seat, and you know, this is the video that we've all seen. Which, by the way, I'm surprised he didn't shoot her thinking she had a gun too, and that's what she was doing with her hands. Right. And in this video, you see Philando slumped over, but he's still alive, and he's moaning. And I, I, I believe in the footage they hear, before actually she turns on the phone, uh, They from the other video, I think they have him saying... I wasn't reaching for my gun. So Philando says something like, I wasn't reaching for a gun. And he later says, I, th- I think we hear him say, I can't breathe is what he's saying. Oh my God. He was shot. I th- he was shot four or five times. I think four times. And th- he was, sh- I think two bullets went through his heart or something. And he's wearing a white shirt in it. And you just see all this blood in his chest, you know? So, in the video, you see Diamond, and she's talking into the camera, and then she turns the camera to her to her boyfriend and then yeah. to the police officer. And over the next minute or so, you slowly see Philando die or become non-responsive and then eventually die. And, the, and you're right. She was, she was shockingly calm. Right. Well, when I think about it now that I'm telling the story, it was probably five seconds from the time she... Yeah. She was like, oh, a cop's pulling us over to, you know, don't pull it out. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And then she starts recording. And so maybe because later on she starts freaking out. Yeah. Like because she leaves the, the phone recording yeah. even after they've handcuffed her and the, the, the phone's on the ground. Yeah. And you can hear her just wailing as yeah. anyone would in right. a situation like She's that. She's in shock in that moment, basically. Yeah. Shock, you could say, or just her. Uh, I, another thing is that. Because I, I, I've watched the video a lot, I, I think she thought he wasn't going to die at first because yeah. it looked like he got shot in the he he did get shot in the arm, but I but I think either those bullets went through his arm and into his heart, or he only had like a couple bullets in his arm and a couple bullets in you know in the chest. And so when you looked when she looked at him, she's like, he shot him in the arm. She even says something like that. And so I think at yeah. first she's like. He's he's gonna live, you know, right. because he was shot just in the arm. You know, everything is okay. Uh, but I don't know. So at this point, you can hear Yanez, the police officer. He's completely freaking out. Do you remember this from the video? Yep. He long after he's shot Philando, he's yes. still pointing the gun at Philando, even after Philando yeah. has expired. Yeah. And he's he's pointing the gun, and you can see it in the video, and you can hear him saying, "I told him not to reach for it." And the way right. he is saying it is not like, "I told him not to reach for it." No, it's a, it's a freak out. Yeah, it, it's. I I remember that when I watched the video a year ago. I remember just being like, "Whoa, that cop is amped." You yeah. know, that cop is. I mean, and at the time, I'm like, "Well, I guess it makes sense." I mean, that's a that's an intense situation, you know. But what? When you understand what led up to that moment, you're just yeah. like, wait, why is he so amped? Because in the video, you don't see what happened before. And so I was, so I was originally thinking, oh, there must have been a scuffle. Or right, right. There must have been kind of a buildup or something. This went from zero to 10 in the span of like half a second. Yeah, unless, unless it was all wrong and then they released the, the cam footage and all that stuff. And 
no, actually, it wasn't what we thought. But but that would be shocking. Right. And the person who who described this that the podcast has access to, from what I remember, didn't have any reason to... Yeah. To like, well, and the other cop was not like standing by. Yeah, the other cop was like, yeah, and you know, the, and has later said like, uh, Philando was calm and yeah. kept saying he wasn't reaching for right. his gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, and plus, like, any police officer who has been around the block a couple times knows that the chance of someone pulling out a gun and trying to shoot you, and you know, it it can happen. Right. But. What's the chance that that's that's that moment, right? Yeah, you know this this boyfriend, you know, you know, with a four year old. Yeah, yeah. Plus, if if he was going to do that, why would he tell you about the fucking gun? Right, exactly. But it doesn't make sense. Of course, it doesn't because it wasn't a rational reaction. Right. So I uh, think you're very onto something with your yeah the setup that you had with the panic. Right. So what I think what happened was he had a trot. Trauma reaction, yeah. either PTSD or just some other trauma anxiety. Yep. It triggered a physiological response that clouded his brain. Yep. And he just went into autopilot. And, and he, he was, he, he felt threatened like at his core. And he, he wasn't thinking straight. I'm sure, right. in fact, you can kind of later on in the video, you hear him yelling, fuck. Like yeah. loud, like he's not—he's not just like fuck. He's like fuck, fuck. Like right. you hear him panicking. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, Re- Diamond Reynolds totally calm. She's like, he said he was getting his ID, sir. You didn't need to shoot him. He was going for his ID, and she—and he's like, keep your hands where I can see him. And she's like, I will, sir. These my hands are where you can see him. I'm just recording. Everything's fine. So. Uh, the other police officers arrive. They arrest Diamond. Uh, they treat her like a criminal, which is just unbelievable. Terrible. Yeah, uh, her phone falls onto the ground. Continues recording, and there are reports that uh, Yana started to cry. That he was upset, and he started to cry, which you know I guess would be justified <laughs> under yeah. that situation. Okay, so then a huge media frenzy. What do you think the various different things were being said about this situation? Well, it was probably like the the first part that I was saying. Well, we don't know what happened before the video. We don't have all the facts. We don't have all the information. Right. All the way to um, this was a racial slaying yeah. and it was just a racial killing. Yeah. Basically, it's a litmus test to see if you're a Democrat or Republican. Yeah. If you're a Democrat, it's Black Lives Matter. If you're a Republican, it's uh, cop it, lives matter. It's cop. You know, it's yeah. it's. Um, there's got to be more to this story. You yeah, know? They're, they're, the cop wouldn't have shot him if he wasn't justified right. in doing it. Um, what else do you think they're saying about it? Um, I think there's probably a call. F- well, it certainly calls for um, changing the the procedures for the police. And uh, releasing the footage, you know, and um, also at the same time, I think that uh, the community must have been outraged. Yep. Yeah. Which I'll get into in a second. Yeah. Um, To some, it's an example of how Democrats always blame everything on racism. I read a lot of that online. And they're like... Wait till they find out. Well, a lot of people thought he was Asian because oh right because his his picture he looks kind of Asian. I, I actually I do remember this part, which was 
I remember some things about how. Oh, he's not even white. Ha! You guys were saying it was racist. Right. Which is just such a simplistic viewpoint of racism. You Especially know? considering that there is actually a lot of racism between Hispanics and blacks. Right. Um, but like people, really people on both sides make yeah. mistakes about that. You know, I, I've seen people tell me that non-white people can't be racist. Right. <laughs> uh, legitimate, like, intelligent... Like actually meant that? Well-educated people really? have, have yelled at me and said that people of color cannot be racist. And I'm just like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? That's, well, I don't know if they didn't... Were they white people trying to say uh, that? No, or? all sorts of people. Because having grown up in a completely... And it's, in, it's funny, too, because for some reason we're... I'm categorized as Caucasian yeah. because I descend from Spanish people yeah. from Spain. But, you know, we don't... White, white Hispanic. White Hispanic. Yeah. But we don't really look the same, but that's okay. But, but in our little community, there was tons of race... Not little. In, in our community, there's tons of race, racism against people that looked more native, people that were black, yeah. people that were Asian. Yeah. Like anyone who didn't look like the norm yeah. was absolutely... I, I'm Japanese. I know Japanese people who are some of the most racist people's people on the planet. Yeah. Uh, outwardly racist against yeah. black people. Uh, Japan people in Japan are super racist against Koreans, right. against Chinese, Vietnamese. So there are racism is, is a human thing. It's yeah. not a white American thing. Yeah. So, so now is it that the counter to this is that what a lot of people will say stupidly is they'll use what I'm saying right now as a way of discounting Black Lives Matter. You know, they'll sure. just be like, well, everyone's racist. You know, why do you get special attention? The, the context of American culture is that there, in our society, there is way more racism going against black people than there is harmful racism going in the opposite direction, you know? Yep. Can black people be, quote-unquote, racist against a white person? Sure, they can be prejudiced. They could harm a white person based on the, you know, their skin. But the amount of negativity and institutionalized and murdering right. of them, and, you know, that it's so much more in that direction that that's why we talk about it so much more. If someone came to me and said, I'm a white person and five black people just discriminated against me, I would say, yeah, that's wrong. Right. You know, that's, it's all wrong, you know. But, but right. when people argue about this sort of thing, it's, it's not okay to say that, you know, color doesn't matter and that race, everyone can be racist. You know, it's not a valid counter argument in our, in our culture. If you went to... Uh, you know, Colombia, there would be a different set of colors yep. that you would be talking about, right? Right. So uh, it just matters what society you're living in. Right? By the way, I wonder if, if Black Lives Mattered had been called Black Lives Also Matter, I wonder if anyone would still be able to be upset by that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, because, you know, they couldn't say all lives are also matter <laughs> <laughs> it's a logical fallacy well you know let's not put that behind that or uh, I don't yeah. think they're above logical problems um other people are talking about st having stricter gun laws you know what do you think about that because well, you know if for instance philando didn't have a gun then w <laughs> this wouldn't be a problem right no because essentially 
okay, first of all, that's, that is rich. That is rich for every angle. Uh, having stricter gun laws, I could go to the extreme and say, well, we could be like England and the cop could just not be carrying a, a gun either. Right. Right. Or I could say, well, if he, if he were a criminal, he could still have a gun. Right. And I could say, well, he could not have a gun, not have talked about guns, be rich, reaching for his wallet and still have gotten shot. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that in this specific case it would or would not have helped, but I know that that's not the prescription to solving these problems. Right. It, this is an example of the, the NRA should actually hold this guy up on a pedestal because you would think so. he was extremely responsible with his yeah. gun. He never shot anybody. Yeah. He never committed any crimes. He, he got a license to carry. He, yep. you know, he did all the things by the book, and when a cop came, he informed him he had a gun on him. You right. know, he did everything right. You know, if it were, if it were not a disingenuous conversation in general, you would think it would have been a great opportunity to say, "What are we doing, people?" When see, do you see when we say that our Second Amendment rights are being trampled? This is what we mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> to others, it's another reason why marijuana is bad. What do you think about that one? Because um, he did smoke a joint before, right. you know. So that one would seem really weird because if if the if the premise or the hypothesis is uh, his behavior led to this because marijuana is bad, then the next question is: Okay, which specific parts of his behavior are the ones that led to the shooting? Right. And the most you could say is if we had video evidence where he was actually reaching and you could see the gun and and even though he's saying he's not but he's actually reaching for because the, he's so high he because he's so high well know. i guess so but that none of the facts seem to right you know conform to that in the trial they are bringing up the pot thing a lot by yeah. the way and i just find this to be the dumbest thing i've ever heard marijuana has i mean even if he was super high <laughs> on yeah. marijuana it wouldn't mean anything in fact you you would you would say he's safer on a ton of marijuana. He's probably a little bit more careful. He's slower to react, you know, like, yep. like if anything, marijuana would, would indicate more on his side. But of course, because people don't understand marijuana, particularly maybe jurors that are being selected for the situation in, in Minnesota, yeah. um, that, you know, it, if him smoking marijuana is, is good for the defense, good for the officer's side of the court because, well, he was high, so you know, that's bad, right? So therefore, I'm I, I'm justified in shooting a man yeah. for no reason. Look, the one time I was very high on pot, I can attest that. First of all, I could I could not have driven, much less used a gun or pulled a gun. I could barely move. Yeah. <laughs> Some say, uh, actually, it was actually a prominent site was talking about the solution is we need to reduce the amount of law officers that are out on the that are out there. We need to reduce our police force. What? Do what? Think, what do you think about that one? Okay, that doesn't make any sense. This was like a serious. This was like a serious argument. But just to, I guess the hypothesis there is some percentage of officers will be bad or have problems. So if we reduce the overall number, that percentage will be lowered as well. <laughs> that seems terrible. So you mentioned protests. Yeah, there were a lot of protests. People protested immediately. In fact, at, at the crime scene, mm -hmm. that meaning Yanez's crime, the cop's crime of murder, uh, manslaughter more specifically, uh, people were immediately starting to protest. 
Black Lives Matter protests. On July 8th, over 1,000 demonstrators shut down a highway in Oakland for several hours to protest Castile's shooting death along with Anton Sterling. Do you remember oh, Anton Sterling? Yep. He was the guy like at the 7-Eleven or something. Yeah. After a week of peaceful protests in St. Paul, violence between protesters and police broke out on July 9th and 10th. 102 people were arrested and 21 officers were injured, including one of them seriously. Wow. So it was a pretty serious uh, deal there. I mean, you know, you hear about protests and stuff, but you don't hear usually about 21 officers being injured. Right. The amazing thing is those 21 officers injured during a protest, and yet it sounds like none of the protesters got shot seven times. (laughs) Right, right, right. Because it's illegal to do that. A group of protesters apparently threw rocks and bottles and Molotov cocktails at the police at this point. And the police used pepper spray and tear gas. Um, And President Obama talked about these protests and said he did not like the violence. Right. You know, I have a question. Yeah. Isn't it unfortunate that these horrible acts of inappropriate use of police brutality and force, they never seem to happen... With people like this guy that killed the two people in Portland recently, or Jeffrey Dahmer, or, you know, yeah. uh, Bill, whatever. It is. Anyways, like, it, they always seem to happen with, <laughs> with innocent people, and uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It is actually kind of weird when you actually break down the, um, the number of cases where violence or murder or something is happening uh, involving the police or not, and what becomes a story. You yeah. know, it, it's it's a very interesting. I mean, because the temptation is to say, well, I know about all of them because these are the ones. Right. But actually, there are scores of other incidents that are happening on a daily basis, you know, that you just, for whatever reason, the media just doesn't care about or something. You know? Like there were the, the Bundy folks that took over that federal building forever. And then finally, one of them got shot when he was absolutely reaching for a gun with all these things, right? And then there was a huge outrage about it, right? Um, but but that's the extreme, right? It was like they had to take over a federal building and they had to be there for a while with guns, fully threatening to use them. Yeah. And then one of them had to actually go for his gun and finally got shot. Yeah. Other countries uh, are reacting, were reacting to this, the... Bahamian government issued a travel advisory to its citizens in the United States stating, quote, in particular, young Bahamian males are asked to exercise extreme caution in affected cities in their interactions with the police. Do wow. not be do not be confrontational and cooperate. But that wouldn't have helped. I know. I know. Yeah, that's I didn't think about that. Uh, the officer Yanez was charged with manslaughter. The trial just started uh, June 2017. The defense is saying, uh, what do you think the defense is saying? The defense is probably saying that that the, you know, only the police officer who was looking at it from a first person perspective could make the determination whether or not his life was in danger. Because, you know, the 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 video from her comes after the fact. And then the camera is from a distance. The audio is from a distance. He saw it and he saw the hand and he saw what was happening. He looked at the guy. He saw intent, all these kind of things. Right, exactly. And the prosecution, which I just love the fact that it's the prosecution against the cop. It's just so rare that that's the case, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that cops should be prosecuted. I'm just saying... 
when cops commit crimes, they absolutely should be prosecuted. Right. The prosecution is saying that Officer Yanez did not have any reason to shoot. And, right. you know, end of, end of story. Some witnesses are saying that Philando's gun was found hanging out of his pocket other in court. Mm-hmm. And others are saying that uh, it fell out. Uh, so some people are saying, uh, well, I think one officer even said something like, it was sort of hanging out of his, out of his pocket, meaning that it was being pulled out is the implication. It might have mm-hmm. been, you know, so sort of hanging out. So I went over there and grabbed it. And one of the ambulance people, I think, said that the gun just fell out of his pocket when they were loading him into the ambulance. And another person said... You, that someone pulled the gun out of his pocket, but they had to reach deep into his pocket to pull it out. Oh, weird. So there's all these different accounts, right. eyewitness accounts of how deep, because, you know, that's that's a detail, I guess, would be relevant, right? Because if, if the gun was halfway out, then maybe he was reaching for his gun. But I just find the whole thing to be so absurd. Like, yep. in what universe does a mild-mannered, shy cook from a elementary school decide to... That didn't actually do anything wrong. That got pulled over for no reason. For literally no reason. Yeah. And would have, and has been pulled over 52 times. In the, what universe is that guy uh, with his, with his, you know, stepdaughter in the, in the back? Yeah. Uh, you know, basically stepdaughter. In what universe does he decide, I think I'm going to shoot this cop. This is the time. Yeah. With my girlfriend, you know, I'm probably going to die. Every, everyone's, yeah. we're all going to die. I'm on my way to a birthday party or whatever. I just smoked a joint. And, and I'm going to announce ahead of time that, I'm going to kind of telegraph my move anyway. Right. Uh, I just have to tell you, I have a gun, and in, a, in five seconds, I'm going to reach for it. I'm going to try to shoot you. So I just wanted to tell you, I have a gun, and here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be so slow about it that I actually won't even come anywhere close to being able to shoot you. <laughs> so what lessons have we learned, Berto? I, I mean, if I were a black male in some of those communities... First of all, I, I've thought about this before. I would be terrified of being pulled over. Like, I don't know in that moment. Well, what do you mean by what? that community? I mean. Uh, no, I'm saying I'm saying in the country. But yeah, I mean, because well, yeah. Seattle actually has, has yeah. a record of, that, of having that's uh, racist cops. I, I will say the following. Um, because as more of these things have happened, uh, I have been pulled over a few times. And when that has happened, I have initially been like, oh, God, would I have a problem? But I have to say, I've always had really great interactions and have never felt a, an ounce of threat from any of the police officers that have pulled me over. So I, I'm now I'm not saying I my experiences have been like this. No, I'm saying if I were a black person, especially living in inner cities or things like that. Oh, my God. I don't know what I would do if I got pulled over. Yeah. Because what do you do? Like, I'd be like. Officer, oh, are you trying to do karate on me? Like, I don't even know what would happen. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing. The, the other thing is that story that you're saying is being ignored. It, what that makes me think is think of how many issues, both in the military and in, in the police force and in the firemen, all these things, probably, and even doctors, medicine, all these stuff, mm-hmm. go either undiagnosed or uncared for. Right. With people that who, who have lives in their hands on a regular basis. Yeah. Because we have stigma around any sort of mental mm-hmm. illness even when it's just anxiety and as someone who suffers from anxiety myself, I just have to say it's it's not a it's not a fucking big deal. <laughs> like right. uh you know, oh I had a panic attack. 
that means that I'm a terrible person. I'm no. weak. Like who, who cares? Uh, the amount of people who have experienced anxiety in their life. It, and a lot of people, because of stigma, they don't even want to think they had anxiety. They'll call it like a heart attack or some kind of like, you know, yeah. some kind of medical issue that has less stigma. Yeah. And the, so yeah, the stigma, and then you have systems that will demote you if you're deemed unworthy or something, you know, you could, you could lose your job. Then you have a culture in the police force of like, be a tough guy. You right. Know, you're, you're a pussy. Hey, you gotta be tough. Yeah. And yeah, our society is fucked. Someone <laughs> emailed me and was like, yeah, Kirk, you know, I know that you always say society is fucked, but da da da. And uh, yeah, society's fucked. <laughs> um, the lessons that I, I think we should learn is the obvious one, which is bias against black people. It leads to cops getting more worried around black people and then more likely to pull the trigger when, when that time comes. And the way around this is to take away racism in our society, uh, which won't happen. Or training. You, you've got to get all the cops into a room. And they actually, on the podcast, uh, 74 Seconds, they actually go through every single class he's ever taken. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember all the details, but I remember thinking, oh, they should have sprinkled in some some training that could have helped this situation. Yeah, totally. Know? And so, for example, after that incident with the breathing for 13 minutes, yeah. did they say if anything came of that? I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. So, uh, right. So, you know, the other police officers who witnessed it probably didn't want to insult him yeah. or something. Uh, the uh, Yanez himself was probably ashamed and just tried to stuff it or something. And it was also during a stop. Yeah. And he, he's the one who almost got run over, right? Right, right. So you, you could even imagine maybe now every time he was stopping people, he was getting super anxious because right. he nearly died that time. Right, which is totally natural, yeah. man. I mean, like... The the body's response to threat is right. is involuntary. You you can say, "Well, I'm at work, everything's fine." It doesn't matter. Like right. with me, I went into the hospital. I'm like, "Everything's fine." Worst case scenario, not a big deal. Right, <laughs> everything's cool. But you know, there's something about biological uh, intervention or something in cutting and surgery yeah. that just it well, just uh, it just triggered some response in my right. nervous system, and I had a mini freak out and passed out. And with Nicole, you weren't even about to be cut right. into or anything. Right. That's, that's, that's yeah. just my body, man. Like, yeah. And I'm a clinician. I, about at that time during that panic attack, I was probably like 40 years old. Yeah. I was probably, it was probably during the podcast. It was probably, yeah. you know, and so I, uh, uh, you know, I know it fully well is the thing. Anyway, yeah. The other, the other lesson that we should learn is what we're talking about, which is that the mental health of police officers should be assessed and measures should be taken to help anyone who needs help. Yeah, totally. Uh, if he had received treatment for his trauma and his panic, I am 99% sure, maybe more, that he would not have shot Philando. If his physiology was such that he could, that he wasn't triggered in that moment. Uh, you know, because how many people did he pull over on a, you know, on a weekly basis? Probably, yeah. you know, what, so... The the amount of times he didn't shoot somebody was probably you know much higher than the amount of times he did shoot someone right. So if he had been given skills and treatment and recovered from his traumas, whatever they were, 
then my guess is he he wouldn't have had any trauma to be triggered and therefore wouldn't have reacted the way that he did because as the other police officer would attest to, there was no threat. Everything yeah. was fine. The guy just said, I'm going for my ID. And by the way, I have a gun, but I'm not reaching for the gun. I'm reaching for my ID. Like there was no threat and, and he had a trauma trigger. So when I think about him in this way, the gestalt for me is I just feel bad for him. I, I feel like he should fry or not fry, but whatever. He should he should yeah. suffer the consequences of, of manslaughter and be sentenced to I don't know how long in prison. But I also feel bad for him. I feel like our society and the system has failed him. Right. Uh, now he has been failed less than Philando has been failed because sure. Philando's dead. So I, I consider this at so for me, this is just me, at the top of the priorities is mental health. If mental health was uh, was better, was more addressed in our society, had less stigma, and if we understood these things, you know, more widely and more generally among the general population, I'm I'm guessing this never would have happened. Yeah, but we all take the brain for granted, right? So. You get these things where you have people growing up in a certain way and no one really questions what's happening inside. It's just, well, are you doing your homework? Are you going to classes? And then you get all these people that freak out, shoot people, do crazy things, you know, all this stuff. Um, and we are like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. But we, we never took steps as a society to even try to understand, prevent, detect the problems or anything like that. The only reason why I'm here today is probably because I'm not black, because when I was a teenager, I've told you about this story before, I had a cap gun, and yeah. I, I was joking around, me and my friends were joking around with this cap gun, mm -hmm. and it looked from afar like a real gun. Because back then, they also didn't have those rules where they had to make them pink and shiny. Right. And so... But it was nighttime. It's like midnight. We're in this yeah. parking lot. The person would have to have been at least 200 yards away. So even if it was pink, you know. But they, they called the cops and said, someone has a gun and is threatening to kill someone. Because this cop comes out of nowhere and uh, screeches to halt, jumps out of the car, points his gun right at my head. <gasps> and did, do you remember me telling you about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just still sounds so horrific. It was. I'm looking right down the barrel, right down his sights. Right at right at him, and I can see his his eyes. This white guy in Issaquah, he's terrified. I've I was just like that was the first thing I know. It's like my God, that cop is so scared right now. But I didn't even know he was pointing it at me. I thought he was pointing at someone behind me. You know, because like, you're like I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing wrong, and I still have the cap gun in my hand. Oh my God. And so I'm like, you would be so dead. So like it suddenly kind of clicks in my head. Oh. Maybe it's the gun? And so I said, oh, it's just a cap gun. And he said, drop it. So I dropped it. And then he talked to us. He's like, you know, da-da-da, you can't do that. He calmed down. But what if I was black? Right. Well, and so you didn't even have time to mentally register. The gun is pointed at my head. I could die any second. Right. Because you were like so shocked by what was happening. And well, I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to be caught in a crossfire. In a crossfire. <laughs> but luckily, you didn't panic. <laughs> You didn't do something drastic. And no, you I, I, re I remember. <laughs> I remember being. I, for some reason, in situations like that, I even I become more calm. Yeah, and then I freak out later. I think I'm kind of like Diamond Reynolds in this way. Like yeah. in the moment, like one one time I'm walking out of a Seven Eleven, and 
this guy, I don't know what his problem was. He, he, I didn't, I don't know where he came from, but he's big. He's a big yeah. guy and, but, you know, a little bigger than me. And he comes from out of nowhere and he just punches me as hard as he can in the, in the shoulder. What? And, like hard. I mean, we're talking like, remember when you were kids and you like yeah. punch like this was like way beyond that. Like it was, wow. it hurt so bad. Like he got me solid, you know, just yeah. thump right into the shoulder. And I just looked at him and was just like, what's like, I just like, huh? It was the, my reaction was like him asking me for a quarter or something. Wow. Wait, wait, how old were you? This was just like a couple of years ago. Okay. And you were coming out of a Seven Eleven, the one by my place downtown. And it was like a, a, a homeless person or something? I don't know. I, you don't yeah, know. I could speculate, but I, someone punches you hard, hard, like no reason. And then you're like, and I, I was just like, I was just like, huh? And like looking back, I didn't even try to protect myself. He could have punched me again. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, you know, if the, if the past predicts the future, he was about, he was going to punch me in the face, you know? Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't raise my arms. I was just like, huh? And then like five seconds later, the pain set in and yeah. I was just like, Oh man, that hurt. <laughs> and I just walked. What, what just, did he do or say? Nothing. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> just, you know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's just like a really aggressive boy, you know, just like he just wanted to congratulate me on buying something for this, <laughs> and he just got a little too oh, carried away. All right. Well, that does it uh, for that episode. Uh, please become a patron of the podcast if you like episodes like this, because it takes me time to prep. And when people become patrons, then I have more time to prep for stuff like this. Also, tell a friend or a colleague. Also, become a $20 patron and get a new mug. Oh, by the way, I made new a new mugs. mug. And, new mugs? And I'm going to get you a mug. And I also, I also made new stickers. So, Fun. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you some of those. Um, yeah. So that does it for that episode. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.